Hey, good morning, North. Come on, stand to your feet. Our God is faithful, and we're going to sing to Him today. So let's join our voices together. Come on, let's sing. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. together north when I fight. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you.
today, Father. Would you increase our faith? Increase our faith. This is a house of Everything in the name of 
we sing. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Come alive, come alive, and come alive in the name of Jesus. Even when you don't feel it today, we sing. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Right now, can we just sing the name of Jesus today? Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess the name of Jesus. Your work in Jesus. So I'll fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe your work. All things for good. Yes, all things, Jesus. All things for good. All things, all things for good. Come alive. Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Come on right now, just give him your praise today. We believe you, Jesus. We're just declaring that he's good today, that he is a God faithful to his promises. Lord, there is a spirit of victory in this place today, a spirit of expectation. God, we stand as a people of faith that you are who you say you are. You said, and I believe, and you said, and it is done. Come on, we believe. You said, so we believe, and I believe. Every voice we sing. And you said, and it is Come on, we're standing in faith today. That you said.
Listen to me. In this moment, we don't want to miss a moment. Originally planning on having prayer at the end of this service, but I'm telling you, you've declared it. You said it, I believe it. It is finished, it is done. And that's the kind of faith you need to come with this morning. Our prayer team is coming down right now. Come on, make your way, prayer team. You got a need this morning. You've declared it with your words, now declare it with your faith. It is finished, it is done. He said it, I believe it. And we're gonna agree with you in prayer right now. We're gonna believe the Lord is gonna settle in this place and meet every need that you have right now in the name of Jesus. So if you have a need, I want you to come forward right now. Let someone pray with you and let's believe together right now in the name of Jesus. It is done, you said. I believe, I believe it. You said it is done. You said, you said, I believe, I believe. You said it is done. You said, I believe, I believe. You said. 
Come on, we still believe. God, I believe you're working all things for good, for my good. So I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe you're working all things. Come on, church, sing it out. I still believe. I still to declare this with me. Say, by faith, I receive. By faith, I stand on his word. By faith, I believe his promises. By faith, I am whole in Jesus' name. Now give him praise in this place one more time. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came to church today. Amen. It is so good to see you. Thank you for your attitude of worship. Thank you for leaning into worship in the presence of God. I'm so excited about what he's doing in this place, what he did in your lives today already. And uh, I just celebrate that. In a few moments, we're going to get to celebrate together and um, water baptism and celebrating people who've been brought alive through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
But what I want you to do right now is turn and find two or three people and look them in the eye and say, I still believe, all right? And then you can be seated. Well, good morning, North. Good morning. How are you? Are you excited to celebrate baptisms this morning? Yeah. In the New Testament, Jesus commissioned us to go into all the nations to preach the gospel, to make disciples, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus himself was baptized by John the Baptist as an example to us so that we should profess our faith publicly before others that we believe in Jesus. And today, I've got a friend here, Cashel. Hey, Cashel. Good morning. Welcome, Cashel. She's come to profess her faith today, and also her daughter is here. She's going to be baptized next, and Pastor Michelle's going to help with that. So it's a family affair today. We're really glad about that. Cashel, I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. Cashel, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you know that he came and, and died for your sins? Have you asked him to be the Lord of your life? Are you going to follow him all your life? Cashel, that's awesome. Cashel, grab your nose and grab your wrist, friend, because it's time. There you go. You got it. Cashel, based on the profession of your faith and in obedience to God's holy word, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Got it. Yeah. All right. And we're going to help Michelle out here, and then her daughter is coming to be baptized next. And church, since we got a good hand clap going this morning, would you welcome one of our children's pastors up this morning, Pastor Michelle Racy? You got it. Take your time. Good morning. I am here with Kaylani. Kaylani, how old are you? She's eight. Oh, she's nine. She just had a birthday last week or the week before. She's going to celebrate today, actually. What a way to celebrate her birthday today. And we are so excited. Kaylani, do you love Jesus? Have you, are you ready to tell all of these people out here that you love Jesus and that you're ready to follow him? I'm so excited. I asked her if she was nervous earlier, and she said yes, and I said me too. <laughs> I'm so excited to get to do this with you today. And based upon the profession of your faith, will you Plug your nose. Grab, yep, grab your wrist, okay? Based upon the profession of your faith in accordance with God's word, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Annalisa. Annalisa, how old are you? She's nine also. Two nine-year-olds. Annalisa, do you love Jesus? Do you understand that baptism today is just a way to tell everybody that you're ready to follow Jesus for the rest of your life? I'm so excited to do this with you today. All right. Because you have said with your mouth that you believe in Jesus and that God raised him from the dead, we're going to baptize you according to God's word. You ready? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Woo! Oh, you good? Ready? Take your time. All right, all right, all right. 
All right, we got one more. Nasia, you over there? Big sister, come on, big sister. Yeah. Nasia, you're 18 years old, is that right? So I heard your story that you accepted Christ, I think, when you were around 10 years old. But during the pandemic, you just really felt uh, alone, and you felt like you needed more of God's presence in your life, and you really made a commitment as an older, as an older person, as an older child, to make a commitment to him during that pandemic. And, and I want to ask you some big questions. Do you know that Jesus is the Son of God who came to earth to die for your sins? And have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? And he, is he the Lord of your life? Are you going to follow him your whole life? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, it's time. Grab your nose based on the profession of your faith and obedience to God's holy word. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Church, come on, give God your praise this morning. Give him your praise today. Good morning, and welcome home to Mount Perrin North. Can you believe our marriage one night is coming up this Friday, March 3rd? Trey and I cannot wait. It is going to be such a fun evening. Lance and I are so excited as well. Not only do we have the honor of serving as hosts for the evening, but we have the privilege of hearing from our good friends, Pastor James and Jeannie Bird. Yes, can you believe they are celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary this June? Wow. As both pastors and educators, they bring a wealth of knowledge and experience that I'm sure couples of all ages will enjoy. The event is free and childcare is provided for kids fifth grade and younger. If you are married or soon to be married, register today by visiting mountparanorth.com slash marriage one or stop at the marriage one table after service today. Our next serve day is coming up on Saturday, March 11th. This is a great opportunity for you to gather with friends and family as we help make a difference in our community. We have a wide range of service projects available for all ages. Groups will meet here at North at 9 a.m. before heading out to serve with our community partners. Serve Day is such a great event because not only do we get to help with the service projects, we also have a chance to learn more about the work that these local ministries and organizations are accomplishing year-round. If you would like to join us for our next Serve Day, sign up in either the main lobby or kids' lobby after service today or visit our community outreach page at mountparanorth.com slash outreach. We truly are making a difference in our community, and it's made possible through the generosity of our North family. If you would like to further support ministry here at North by making a financial contribution, text your gift to the number provided, or visit mountparanorth.com slash give. You can also mail your gift to Mount Paran North, 1700 All Good Road, Marietta, Georgia, 30062. For those who'd like to give in person, stop by a giving box or kiosk on your way out. We are so glad you've chosen to join us for worship this morning here at North. If you're one of our first time guests, we would love to get connected with you. Please take a moment to fill out the connect card, provide the seat back in front of you and drop it in a giving box on your way out. You can also visit mountparanorth.com connect or visit with one of our GROW team members at the front of the worship center immediately following service today. And stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and North Podcast.
All right, good morning, everybody. You ready for the word this morning? All right, take your Bibles, please. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 37. And then I want you to just hang there for a second, put your finger in that little spot or your marker in that spot. And then I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 16. We're gonna be there in a few minutes. Uh, Today, we're continuing a series we began last week on miracles. Last week, we talked about miracles of provision. Today, we're gonna talk about miracles of protection. Where is God when you don't see him? Where is he when you're going through a struggle and you are so unaware of where he is? What's he doing in those moments? Next week, I wanna talk to you about miracles of healing, believing for physical healing in your bodies, emotional healing in your minds, but also addressing the totality of healing, and that is, what about when God doesn't do it the way you want him to do it when it comes to physical healing? What is God accomplishing during those times? So I hope you'll be with me next week as well. Also, while you're getting your place in your scripture, just want to say a congratulations to one of our own. Um, recently, one of our own received their first ordination with our denomination. I want to congratulate Pastor Savannah Ogle, the right reverendess now. Congratulations. We are super proud of you. Obviously, you can see the anointing on her today as she led, right? So we are thrilled for her. Psalm 37, verse 39 says, The Lord rescues the godly, and he is their fortress in times of trouble. Read that with me, would you please? The Lord rescues the godly, he is their fortress in times of trouble. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the way that you have just descended in this place today. Thank you for the way that you have met with us already. Now I pray as your word goes forth that we would allow it to settle deep within our hearts so that you may heal us, make the changes that are needed, and bring us to the place that you've called us to be. Lord, anoint the words as they go forth, anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive so you may accomplish your perfect will, and we'll be careful to give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. So where is God when things aren't going your way? Where is God when you're experiencing heartache? Where is he when you're experiencing pain? There's a couple of things I want you to see this morning. And the first one is this. Long before you ever had a problem, God already had a plan. Before you ever had a problem, God had a plan. Before the rains ever came down and flooded the earth, God had already hand-selected Noah and prepared him to build a boat for his salvation. Before Jonah was ever thrown overboard, God had already planned a great fish to rescue him. Before the disciples ever stepped into the boat and went out onto the Sea of Galilee where the storms were raging, these are fishermen, storms that caused them to fear for their life, God already had a plan that he was going to calm the sea through his son, Jesus. Before you ever have a problem, God already has a plan. Before you found out the bad news about your health, Before you lost your job, before your girlfriend broke your heart, God already had a plan. Because here's what we know. God is a God who has the power to miraculously save. Over and over and over in Scripture, it shows us this. It shows us how he commissions angels to come alongside his people at times. It shows us in different places where when Daniel, his prophet, was cast into the the den of lions in order to be destroyed, that God literally shut the mouths of the lions and he was not harmed at all. Scripture tells us that over and over again, God is miraculously saving his people. But why is it that you don't feel that way sometimes? 
Why is it that you don't feel like God is in the moment? In Acts chapter 16, there is this situation where Paul and Silas are on one of their missionary journeys. And what that means is they're traveling around, they're preaching the gospel in order to establish churches in different areas. And as they establish the churches, then they would leave and go somewhere else and preach. But when they come to this one city, there's a problem that happens. They encounter this young girl, probably a teenage girl, maybe a young lady. And what they encounter is this. The Bible tells us that she has an evil spirit in her that allows her to be able to see the future and predict the future. And so she's also owned by two masters. And the masters that own her, she's a slave girl. The masters that own her make money using that ability in order to make themselves rich. And so the Bible says she begins to follow along behind Paul and Silas days upon days. As they're trying to preach the gospel, she's behind them and going, behold, these are servants of the most high God. They're here to tell you how God wants to save you. Like constantly. I mean, you would think, wow, affirmation from the devil. That's great. No, but I mean, this is constantly. And so the Bible tells us that Paul gets so annoyed He's not, he hasn't talked to God about this. He's not, he's not doing it out of compassion. None of it. He gets so annoyed. What he says is that he just turns around in his annoyance and in his anger. And he's just, you ever been fed up before? Paul's fed up and he just says, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Spirit leaves her. She can't predict the future anymore. She goes back to her masters. Her masters are furious because now their income source has been dried up. And they begin to stir up a mob against Paul and Silas that results in them being unfairly accused and unfairly treated. It's where we find ourselves in Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 22. It says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So they're stripped, they're beaten with rods. They're actually Roman citizens. They were exempt from this. You can't do that to a Roman citizen. And yet, because of the mob mentality, they have been treated as Roman citizens unfairly and as children of God unfairly. Stripped of their clothes, beaten with rods. Now, maybe you've never experienced that. You haven't been stripped of your clothes but you've been stripped of hope, of faith, of trust. Maybe you haven't been beaten with rods, but you've been beaten down with words or doubt or discouragement. And you wonder, where is God? Why is he allowing this to happen? This isn't fair. And so you respond. And you respond by quitting your life group. Stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. Stop coming to church. And you think in your mind, I'm going to show God how I really feel. There are going to be moments in your life where life isn't fair to you. There are going to be moments in your life when you're dealt a hand that you didn't ask for. And you know you don't deserve. And yet you have it anyway. And the way you respond will determine, will determine the way you will live and others will see. Because I'm telling you this, Jesus said in this world, you'll have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. When you face suffering in your life, you have two choices. You cannot remain still. You either run to God or you run from him. 
It's a choice you have to make in those moments, and it is a deliberate choice. The Bible tells us in verses 25 and 26 that Paul and Silas made their choice. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. That last phrase, and the other prisoners were listening. How you respond in your suffering and crisis moments, people are watching to know if this God to whom you pray and sing about is real. And I know some people talk about sharing your testimony by going and learning a bunch of scriptures. I want you to learn a lot of scriptures. I want you to tell them. I want you to know your story. I want you to tell people. I call it the elevator speech. You should know your story in 60 seconds or less just to tell people how God saved you. But can I tell you something? The most powerful witness you will ever have is when God brings you through suffering. Because in that moment, you're not just quoting scripture. In that moment, you're not just giving Christian cliches. At that moment, people realize you've got street cred, you know exactly what you're talking about, and you know exactly where God has brought you. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? I'm not even going to pretend this is easy. When you're hurting, when you're in pain, when you're suffering, it is very difficult to do what they did, to sing hymns to praise God. This week, next week, I'm probably gonna be as most transparent as I can with you. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do was make a choice. A little over six months ago when my wife died of cancer, I had to make a choice. And I'm not even gonna pretend it's easy at all. But as I'm praying, and as I was, I, I, know, I was in my neighborhood on a walk, listening, listening to worship music, I made a decision. And the decision was based upon something that Laura had told me back in 2006 when she first was diagnosed. In that moment, we weren't sure what was going to happen. She said, we're going to worship him, we're going to praise him, and we're going to serve him no matter what. Because it's not about what he is going to do, it's about what he has done and I heard words that morning that changed everything in my life at that moment. It was as if God said, here's why I want you to praise me. I want you to have this attitude. Instead of shaking your fist in anger at me because I took her, I want you to shake your head in disbelief that I ever gave her to you. Pain didn't leave. Grief didn't leave. There was a switch that took place that allowed me to focus on the gratitude and to be thankful. And he reminded me at that moment, this could have happened in 2006 when your children were five and seven. But I gave you these years so they could have their godly mother raise them unto adulthood. I don't even pretend it's easy. I don't even pretend it's... It's still filled with pain. It's still filled with grief. But you have a decision to make in those moments. You have a decision whether you show up in worship. 
You have a decision whether you pick up the word of God that is literally washing you with words of life. You have a decision whether you enter into prayer with him. You have a decision in the moments where you can't formulate words from the hurt that you allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you to the Father above, even if it's only groanings he can communicate on your part. You have a decision to make whether you run to him or whether you run from him. And in that moment, it literally changes everything. And when you come to church and you think, I can't lift my hands and I can't worship, someone next to you in community is singing the songs that you want to sing, but you can't even formulate the words because God is using that ministry in worship to build you up. And he's using your witness in that moment to build them up in the community of faith so that his name is glorified in all. When Paul and Silas began to sing and to worship and to praise the Lord in that moment, the Bible tells us that an earthquake began to shake the place. To such an extent that the chains fell off every single prisoner. The jailer comes in and sees it, and he's terrified because in that day, if the jailer, if someone escapes, the jailer receives the punishment that the escapee was going to receive. Someone in there probably was sentenced to death because the jailer immediately takes a sword and is about to fall on the sword and do it himself instead of have the Romans do it to him. The Bible says that Paul looked at him and said, don't do it. He said, God has done this. And he goes over and explains Jesus and salvation and how that this man can be saved. And he lives right next to the jail. And he says, would you come over and tell my whole household? And so Paul goes over and tells his entire household. And the Bible says that that day, in that moment, the jailer and his entire household are saved. It's obvious that God is protecting Paul. But it's also obvious that he's protecting that jailer through Paul's suffering. You don't know what God is trying to accomplish in your life when you go through difficulties. But if you can trust him, if you can believe in him, if you can know that he is good no matter what, God can use you in an unbelievable way. But it starts with this. You have to know that before you ever had a problem, God already had a plan. The second thing is this. Sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. Sometimes the thing that he needs to accomplish is not the thing that you want. And you have to trust that his way is good and that his way is better even though you want something different. Paul was arrested, not just this time, multiple times. Scholars estimate he spent about five and a half to six years of his ministry time in prison, over and over and over again, suffering. 10 of the disciples would give their lives in martyrdom, literally give their lives as witness of Jesus Christ, refuse to deny Jesus and give their lives. John is the only one who died of old age, but it wasn't because of a lack of suffering. He was literally boiled in oil thinking it would kill him. He was cast away in an island called Patmos that was reserved for the worst of the prisoners. But it was on that island that God appeared to him and gave us the promise of hope that we find in the book of Revelation. You don't know 
why you're suffering. You don't know why you're in the place of hurt and harm, but God does. And if you can trust him, he can redeem things in your life you thought were unredeemable. Because here's what I know. Every hurt, every pain, every suffering that you ever face, God has the power to redeem it for his glory. And he also has the power to touch your heart and heal you in those moments you need it more than anything else. The Bible is clear. But it doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it easy when the baby doesn't make it. It doesn't make it easy when the drunk driver kills the teenager. It doesn't make it easy when God doesn't stop the divorce. It doesn't make it easy. Do you hurt? Yes. Do you grieve? Yes. But that's not the question. The question is, do you continue to trust? If your answer is yes, the availability of the Holy Spirit to touch your heart and meet you in that moment is greater than you can ever believe. I would rather hurt in his will than live comfortably outside of it. Because there's purpose and there's destiny there. Paul never said, this isn't fair. Paul never said, I can't trust you, God. No, there are what's called the prison epistles or letters. The letters that he wrote when he's in prison. Those include Philemon, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Here's what he says in those books where he's suffering. We rejoice in our suffering. Even if we are poured out like an offering unto the Lord, we gladly rejoice over all of you. He says, we delight in hardships, persecutions, difficulties, and when we're weak, we become strong through him. He says, what shall separate us from the love of God is in Christ Jesus. And that God works all things for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So when you're suffering and when you're hurting, how are you supposed to pray? Jesus taught us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. If you can somehow focus on his kingdom, his power, and his glory, it will change everything and trust him. You will never know how many times God has protected you and kept you from harm while you're on this earth. Miracles of protection, they're the hardest ones to believe in. You know why? You can't see them. Miracle of healing, something happens, ah, I know. You don't know the number of times God's protected you. You don't know the number of times that you were, that you were late for a meeting or got stuck by the railroad track. You don't know how many times God's protecting you in those moments. That's the, that's the deal. You don't understand those things. The Bible tells us in Psalm 91 that one of the greatest things that God does is provide a covering over us that so many times we are unaware of like an eagle does for their babies. That you don't know how many times he is protecting you. 
But you have to know something. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. He loved you so much, he gave his son for you. The Bible says, is there any other good gift that he would withhold from you if he didn't withhold that? No. I don't know why God doesn't do everything the way we want it, but I trust that his plan is better. Maybe the job that you wanted so bad you thought was your dream job. Maybe there was a boss or that job was going to consume you and eventually wreck your health and destroy your family. You don't know. Maybe the divorce you thought was going to ruin your kids, God was actually protecting you and you don't know. Maybe the disappointment you feel because God didn't answer the prayer, you, you wanted it. You have to realize that God had a better plan. There are moments you're going to hurt and you're going to suffer and you wonder where God is. I'm telling you, he is near to the brokenhearted. He is covering you with the shadow of his wings, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And the moment you think you're going to be crushed by the circumstances, God is covering you, protecting you, keeping you. And you just have to believe that he's there, that he's able, and that he's protecting you. And if you can do that, you can live in spite of the pain, in spite of the hurt. Somehow, someway, God allows hope and joy and peace to resonate in the brokenness you thought was going to break you because he's promised he would. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? If you're in this place today, know this. The greatest brokenness he wants to heal you from is the brokenness that sin has over our lives. If you know when you came in this place, things aren't right between you and the Lord, today's the day. If that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer silently if you want to. Just pray, Lord Jesus, I thank you because I know that you are Lord and your Savior of all. I thank you that your promises are true, that your word is life. And so I ask you to forgive me of my sins, but I also ask you to give me that relationship with God the Father that I am designed for, that I am destined for. I will follow the leadership you give me in my life. I yield to your lordship and leadership through your word and by your spirit, and I'll never be the same. I just ever, want everyone in the room, just pray this prayer of profession with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. One more time. Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with your head's bowed and your eyes closed, here's what I'd like you to do. If that's you, you know when you came in here today, things aren't right between you and the Lord. I'm not here to embarrass you. But if that's you, I want to pray for you this week. And I want you to be bold enough to say, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm giving my heart back to him today or for the first time. Would you raise your hand really, really high and just keep it up for a moment? God bless you. Yeah, you're not alone. A lot of hands. That's okay. Keep them up just for a moment, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man, I'm so proud of you. God is so proud of you. Goodness. All right, you can put them down. Father, I thank you for changed, redeemed lives. 
And I thank you for the hope that is in this place right now because of it. In Christ's name. And I just want you to keep your heads about just a moment, please. If you're here and you say, man, I'm going through it, either right now or in the past, and I'm still dealing with the problem, the fallout of the suffering of the experience that I had, and I need the covering power of the Holy Spirit just to cover my life right now. If that's you, would you raise your hand? You're hurting and you need God to heal that hurt right now. Yep, amen, amen. All right, you can put them down. Father, you see the hands, you know the hearts. I pray for healing to just saturate over this place right now. I pray that every heart that has experienced hurt and pain and turmoil, I pray, God, that peace would begin to rest right now. I pray, Lord, that, that you remind us that weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And this may be a night season where they have to weep, but that you are protecting them and you are healing them and you are helping them. Bring them out and bring them through in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just begin to settle in on every circumstance, every situation, so that grace would be abundant. I pray, Lord, that as you do that, that we would be strong in our witness, praising you always. And just like those prisoners seeing Paul and Silas, that they would see us and they would glorify your name in heaven. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that operate in the church that you described in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It's a moment where you can lean in to the healing he wants to do to you right now. I want you to lean in. Lean in as you sing, as you listen as you proclaim these words in the name of Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know the Savior. Jesus, Jesus, I 
Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust. Let's stand and sing together. Come on. I'm so glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that thou art with me, will be with me to the end. Sing it to him. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I through him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him. Come on, if you believe that now, will you give the Lord praise in this house? Amen. Amen. Now, why don't you celebrate with maybe 13 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ today? Come on. Celebrate the Lord. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you made that decision today or in the last few weeks, or if you just need more information about getting information about getting plugged in here at Mount Perry North, we've got some members of our grow team. They'll be right here at the end of the service. Give us two minutes of your time. We would absolutely love to help you either in your walk with Jesus or to get plugged into the lifeblood of this church. We're just delighted. Listen, I am so glad that you are here today, and I'm glad for what God is doing in your life, and I'm anticipating, anticipating, expecting great things. I want to bless you. I want you to turn your hands out like this as if you're going to receive something. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, folks. I love you. Have a great one.